You're listening to That's Interesting, a podcast about interesting topics. I'm Adam Neary. And I'm Nate Keller. And we're your hosts. If you like today's episode, you can support the podcast by liking, commenting, and subscribing. As always, thanks for joining us today. For me, it's like I have a job because it's like I need a job to like pay my bills and everything. Mm-hmm. And my like life that I like enjoy and love is what happens after. And like, there's so many people where it's like the opposite, where it's like they work and work and work and work and like putting 12 hour days and like, and I'm like, you know, if you want to start a business and put that kind of hours in, like, that's your decision. And I, like, I admire you for it because it's not easy to start a business, but like, you know, for me, it's like my, I'd rather invest in, like, I'd rather invest into things that like, for me, I feel like have longer value because as good, like, as, as important as it is to work, it's like, it's like, you have, say you have a family and kids. It's like, for me, it's like, I'd rather invest into that yeah. than put more hours in to make more money. Like, it yeah. just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. What do you think, uh, what do you think the most common saying is when people are kind of like on their deathbed and they're, you know, at the end of their life, I should say, not to be negative or, or uh, grim, but what, what do you think? is the most common thing people say. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard a lot of like, you know, deathbed, whatever, confessions or whatever. But, have any of them ever been, I wish I worked more. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what they always end up coming around and saying? Mm -hmm. They always say, I wish I had spent more time with my family. I wish I had spent more time, um, healing the, the damaged or the mm-hmm. burned bridges that I had with so-and-so, whatever. Like, they mm-hmm. they focus, their focus shifts from work, from putting in 100 hours a week, mm-hmm. which is a lot of young people, you know, those mentalities, that like they get hooked on, like, I got to work as much as I can to prove myself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the company that you're working for, you know, you die and they're mm-hmm. going to be sad for a while, yeah, but mm-hmm. they're going to, it's a business. They're going to mm-hmm. find somebody to fill your spot and they're going to move on, mm-hmm. right? So as much as you think you're leaving your mark and being an impact mm-hmm. in, in the place that you are, you're really not as much as you think. Mm-hmm. But you know where you're going to leave a, a lasting mark is if you mm-hmm. burn the bridges of your, your own relationships, right? Mm-hmm. You're burning your your ties with your family, mm-hmm. and usually that's what happens when you spend a hundred hours at work, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna spend a hundred hours at work. You probably don't want to have a family mm-hmm. and stuff. We there was a guy that came uh, for my latest project. He came uh, to train us. And he works and travels a lot, mm-hmm. and we had this very conversation. He said, you know, companies they act, they put on a very good show, especially when you get higher up into the ranks. They put on a very good show and, and act like they care about your well-being and they care about, um, you know, what you're doing and, and whatever. But, like, in the end, they really just care about the work being mm-hmm. done, right? Yeah. And if you're not the guy that can do the work, they're going to find somebody else to do that work, mm-hmm. right? They're going to leave you behind. Mm-hmm. That's just business. It's hard to get around, right? Because a business can't just stop for, for your own you know, ah, oh, this guy doesn't want to work. Well, we just don't need that work then. No, they just, they're going to find somebody else to do the work. But I think more people need to have 
need to stand up and say, okay, mm-hmm. well, you know what? Find somebody else to do the work then because mm-hmm. I care more about my family and relationships because in the end, it's not going to be my boss standing there. You know, it's going to be my family standing there, mm-hmm. you know, helping me. If I lose my job, my boss isn't going to come to me and say, man, I'm so sorry. Well, my boss is the one doing the firing. Probably it's going to be my family. It's sitting there supporting me, mm-hmm. you know, and if I have a bad family situation, well, why would you want to burn that bridge? You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, I always say, like, I would never want to get paid for what I do outside of work. Like, because I'm, I'm just like, I feel like if you don't, if you're not getting paid for something that you invest in your life in, like the only reason you're doing it is because it's like, you want to invest your life into it because like, I feel like when I start getting paid for something, it's like easier to lose that passion that you have for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you, it's like you ask a lot of musicians that question and they'll tell you that like, once it becomes your job, it's like you, you don't love it like you used to Yep. yep. because it's your job and now you need to do it to make money to survive. Yep. And like, I, you know, like at any day I could just walk away from everything I do. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I don't have to do anything that I do. But I do it because I feel called to do it, because I love it, because I'm very passionate about it. And I feel like the investment that I'm making, it's not material. It's like mm-hmm. immaterial in every way. Whereas like in my job, it's like the investment I'm making of just because I need like, I need a little piece of cloth that has some green ink on it that can buy me things that so that I can live. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sadly, we don't really live in a true bartering world where you're just trading goods for services and whatever else you everything is monetary and and uh you you have to have money to survive um it's uh, there's been a few people that have tried to go without it and it's been very difficult Hmm. not impossible i shouldn't say it's impossible but it it makes it very hard to have a life where you're truly not focusing on Hmm. money right like you need like a certain it's it's kind of like a, a catch twenty two because you're you need a certain level of money mm-hmm. to have a life where you're not focusing on getting that money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're broke and you're poor and you're on the street, you're worrying mm-hmm. about like, okay, where's my next meal coming from? Well, mm-hmm. how are you gonna get your next meal? Money, you need money, mm-hmm. right? Or you, I guess you go to a shelter, but like mm-hmm. usually your focus is I'm gonna try to get money first so I can get what I want rather mm-hmm. than taking the free meal or mm-hmm. or whatnot, and then. You know, you spend all of your time thinking, like, how can I get money to get, you know, mm-hmm. and some homeless people are looking for alcohol, mm-hmm. drugs, whatever it is, right? You're look, But you need money to get that. But, like, look at people who are sitting very comfortable, you know, they're not focusing quite as much on the money because they know, okay, the money's there. I don't have to worry about my housing. I don't have to worry about, you know, all the other stuff that comes with a shortage of money. Um, and now I can spend my time focusing on things that aren't about money. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's like, I don't remember what the number was, but it's like a statistic where it's like, if you make anywhere, I think it's either over 60,000 or over 80,000, anything beyond that, it, the, the amount of value it adds to your life decreases significantly. Like the amount of like, worth as far as like happiness overall happiness decreases significantly whereas like if you get to a certain point like the more money you make the less like value it really adds because it's like imagine you make like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year 
And <laughs> you make $250,000 a year. And then imagine it's like, now you make, you get a raise, and now you make $255,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really mean anything. Compared, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, an extra five grand a year is kind of insignificant because you already make two hundred fifty. Yeah. But if you if you're making like like forty grand a year, and then you get a raise and you're like making forty five, it's a lot. It's a lot bigger deal mm-hmm. to you, and you're mm-hmm. more appreciative of that. And and so that's kind of like that. That's well, there's, a, the, there's a there's a level where where, well, I guess that comes in relevance to uh, what you choose to spend your money on. Right, you and I, I feel like if we made two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. It'd be like insane because we don't typically go out and spend too much money to make it. Like we don't meet the cap of like, man, I need two, I need three hundred thousand dollars a year to to live, you know, nice. Like we're used to mm-hmm. living at a lower level of pay. Mm-hmm. So when you get that jump, right, it's like, like. You would we like you'd have so much money you wouldn't even know what to do with, mm-hmm. right? And so you wouldn't even know how to spend it to that level. But people who are used to spending that level, they, you know, maybe would see a five thousand or I don't know whatever ten thousand mm-hmm. dollar increase as a good thing, or like it would make that difference. But I think I think it's relevant to what your spending level is. You know, I'm I'm very conservative. I try to like not spend a ton of money on just pointless like lavish things yeah you know i have a couple things where i'm like okay i'll splurge a little bit here mm-hmm. but like i'm not out like oh i need to go buy myself a lamborghini now and i need to go have the nicest house on the block and i need to go have this well i think that. it's like you live in the confines of what you make and so like those people that get rich that get wealthy and then like lose it all like those yeah. are the people where like they they just blow all their money on expensive yachts and right. like million dollar homes and like all that and so People that like let's say, like like let's say you make a five hundred thousand right double that like you make a five hundred thousand dollars a year and if you're like sustainably living off that which means like you're not like blowing it all on whatever and suddenly you're in debt it's like you're sustainably living on it it really like it really wouldn't make a huge difference that you add another five thousand dollars a year to that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. at that at that money point it's like. I have everything that I need. Like, there's nothing that, like, there's really nothing that my money can't buy that, like, would be just, like, a necessity for my life. That, like, oh, I need that extra $5,000 in order to buy this thing that, I like, I need to live or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, because, like, imagine, like, a TV, for example. I would love to upgrade this, like, super old plasma TV that weighs 1,000 pounds right here. Um, it's old. The speakers suck. And, like, it heats my house. Because <laughs> it's plasma, I would love to buy another one. I can't afford a new TV, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, if I'm making five hundred thousand dollars a year, I can buy whatever TV I want. Mm-hmm. And even if I buy like the most expensive one I can get at Best Buy, it's like pocket change mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to my salary. And so that extra five thousand has no effect on what TV I can buy. Has no effect on what computer I could buy. If I wanted to go out and buy, you know, Apple's like. You know, fifty thousand dollar, you know, Transformer Optimus Prime machine, whatever it does, yeah. everything in between. Like, I could do that, and it's it's just pocket change and five hundred thousand dollars a year. And so, I think that's where like value. That's why value decreases so much, mm-hmm. because the things that you're able to get have no meaning because it's just like dollar. It's just like 
like pennies on a dollar to you. Right, right. Whereas yeah. like when, like when I get a nice TV someday in like like 50, 50 years in the future, like I I'm gonna be like I saved up for this. Yeah. I took my money and I maybe I invested it or I put it somewhere and I watched it grow and it grew to a point where it's like wow I can take this and I can buy a nice TV. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, it's probably going to be Facebook Marketplace. I meet up with some guy <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, hey. And then he sells me a, you know, maybe it's a 65 inch LCD TV or whatever. And then I put it up here and I got my nice, myself a nice sound bar. And I'm like, I'm so proud of that because I worked for it and I saved up for it. And I, and I told myself no to other things like ice cream so I could save up and buy this instead. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm making five hundred thousand dollars a year. I don't have that experience. It doesn't matter to me. I could yeah. I could buy ice cream made of gold and a, you know a thousand inch you know wallpaper TV. Yeah. And I think that's where the value comes in. It's like you because God made work a good thing. Yeah. And we have enjoyment in the things that we work for. Yeah, I think it's a a little bit of a catch twenty two as well though because you don't want to have too much pride in in your items, right? And so I think. There's like this aspect of of the rich culture where I I appreciate on a certain level because I'm like, they treat things as just that, Mm -hmm. things, right? Their whole life, money has never been a a thing. So like, you know, if you're making $500,000 a year and I come up and I just like smash your TV with a sledgehammer, Mm -hmm. you might be upset for a minute, but you'd be like, Mm -hmm. it was pocket change. Like, I'll just go get another one, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever. But like, if you saved up for that, right, Mm -hmm. and you're like, this is like my kind of my prized possession at the moment. And I mm-hmm. smash it with a hammer. You'd probably more, you'd be more emotionally tied to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point where it becomes a, like a little bit more unbiblical because mm-hmm. we're not supposed to make emotional ties to objects and, and items mm-hmm. in our life. And, um, and that's why I mean, so it's good to appreciate things, but I also think like, like, to a certain level, you have to be like, okay, it is just a TV. Like, yeah, well, then, I did spend money on it, but it, again, I don't want to catch myself being like, I'm going to cry over this for the next yeah. week because it is just a TV, yeah. right? Well, the analogy works because, for sure, you know, you're right. And that's why the analogy works is because when we suddenly switch the analogy to not talking about TVs, but talking about people, suddenly it's a different conversation because, mm-hmm. like, when you're making investments into people rather than like, you know, saving up to buy a new TV. Like those investments have more value and more meaning infinitely beyond like some price point. Because the more that I invest into a person, the greater that relationship becomes. Mm -hmm. It's not like you invest, 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 and like you maxed it out. And then like you move on to the next one. It's like, it's like appreciative, not depreciative. Mm-hmm. I buy a TV, it depreciates. I buy a car, it depreciates. I buy a pair of shoes, they depreciate over 15 years. Um, <laughs> depending on the shoes. That's true. <laughs> How I keep true. my shoes, yeah, I keep them for a long time. But um, but when you invest into a person, it's like that value You keep them for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> until they depreciate <laughs> Ouch. but and so I think that when you're really wealthy and I'm making like $500,000 a year it's easier for me to view 
the value of things in terms of dollar signs. And so I, that's why I gravitate towards things. That's why wealthy people are materialistic. Mm-hmm. Because the nature of my wealth predisposes me to having this identity, this misplacement of identity as the value of things are in things that you can buy, like things that, with dollar signs. Mm-hmm. And it's harder for me to see the value of a person or like the value of an emotional connection to a person and how that relationship of that value is to things that are like monetarily valued. Mm-hmm. And I think that when like, like, you know, when you're not very wealthy, like, you know, me, like us, not super wealthy, we're much more easily to recognize the value, the relational value in things like the, the relational value that we have in our friends and our family and, you know, you with Lauren, like the relational value that we have, because at the same time, we understand real world value. Because to us, like to me, like a new TV is valuable. Mm-hmm. Because like you just said, if someone were to break it, it'd be like, it, it would, it would kind of sting, it would hurt. I got to be pretty upset. Mm-hmm. If someone just broke my valuable TV. And so things that like have value mean something to me. Right. And relationships that have value mean something to me. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm making 500, 600, you know, at that point it doesn't matter, $1,000 a year, because things don't have value in the same way that they do to me now, things might not have the same meaning. Mm-hmm. And so I might not be able to understand the meaning of a relationship because I don't understand its value. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's usually why rich, really, really wealthy people have pretty shallow friends. Yeah. You know, because like they, seven marriages, you know, like, <laughs> right, right. Because they don't have the, they don't understand the capacity it takes to have a deep relationship with somebody. And the people who are drawn to them typically, um, typically are there because they've got a lot of money, right. Mm-hmm. And they splurge and they spoil them and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have unique situations where like people start pretty poor and then they become rich. So they had friends when they were kind of poor, right? Mm, and they yeah. had those deep rooted friends and then mm-hmm. they kind of grew up and and became wealthy together. Mm. Um and those are different. That's that's a, a unique situation. Obviously. Yeah, it is. Um but yeah, I think it's always good just to, you know, live according to your means. If if we ever had too much money, um which I actually think is a thing. Like you can have too much money. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I mean, $500,000 a year, if I was making mm-hmm. that probably be happy, but I would be like, this is too much for me. Like mm-hmm. I don't need this much money because I don't yeah. need, I don't yeah. need a mansion. I don't yeah. need a yacht. I don't need, you know, yeah. what I would yeah. probably end up doing with it is probably buy some more land or something, yeah. you know, or maybe buy like mm-hmm. a hotel or uh, not a hotel, uh, uh, an apartment complex or something mm-hmm. like I don't know. I would just I would do something like mm-hmm. active with it because I'm like I mm-hmm. have too much money. Like I don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. and that's why people like like the Mr. Beast. They all they got famous, and they're like, well, we're just gonna start giving it away because yeah. I actually just watched a, an interview with Mr. Beast, uh, and 
he, he was explaining how like he doesn't have like a huge mansion. And when he got kind of famous, he had like a, not a rundown house, but just a very basic house. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we had this, I had to spend some money because people started like breaking into my house mm-hmm. uh, when they figured out like where I live and stuff. And so mm-hmm. he's like, I had to upgrade for like security reasons mm-hmm. and spend money there. But he's like, yeah, I don't all, I don't live in this huge mansion of mm-hmm. a place um, where it's, it's way beyond what I even need. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's people's first instinct when they get rich and they strike it, strike gold. Right. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, first thing I need to buy a new car, new mansion, new everything. Like, mm-hmm. Just live within your means. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, I actually Just, remember seeing an interview with Mr. Beast recently. I can't remember who, who, who the interview was with, but, um, he was saying, he was saying that he is probably like, he was, I think he was saying he's like the least paid person on his team. Yeah. Cause like he gets all this money and then he just gives it away. And like, I remember him describing how like in his perspective, it's just like, he has all this money, he gets all this money and he's like, like it's so, it's, it's such a vapor. Like it's just here and it's gone. You can't yeah. take it with you. And that's why he does what he does because he's like, he's like, what's the point in keeping anything? Yeah. Like it's not going to be here like when we mm-hmm. die. And, and it's so, not, it, and it isn't Scientology where you yeah. kind of buy your way up the, oh, yeah. you know, you, there's no way to, to do that. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. he, heaven, you know, not that he's a, a Christian. I don't know what he believes, but for us, you mm-hmm. know, heaven isn't built off of a system like that where it's like the wealthier at the top. And then it's mm-hmm. like a gradual bracket system all the way down. Like, no, you probably the wealthier at the bottom, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. Jesus favored the poor over the wealthy most of the time. And, mm-hmm. um, so thanks for listening to that's interesting. Tune in next week for more interesting conversations. Love you all and have a good night.